And to be honest, a lot of the Americans that have come here, it's like they're on vacation. And all they want to do is drink and fight and fuck and snort everything in sight. In fact, there's a liquor store around the corner that won't sell us liquor because we're Americans. Think of how bad it had to be for that to happen. Greetings, humans, and welcome to another episode of Off the McBeaten Path. Officially on our second YouTube channel. It's no longer just a podcast channel. Soon we're going to be posting um, full-length alternative travel vlog stuff I can't really post on my main channel. Also podcasts, interviews, and sometimes commentary. So if you if any of that sounds interesting to you, please subscribe, share the video with your friends. Let's get let's get the channel growing. Let's get it going, guys. Uh, today we are in a mystery country, a different country, not Ukraine. We've made it out of the European Union. We're a little farther south now, in a warm place. Can you guess where we are? Can you guess? <laughs> yeah, really, I want to thank you guys for watching the videos uh, on the main channel and on this channel, for subscribing on the podcast. Like, just any support you can give, liking the videos, commenting, sharing with your friends, anything you guys have done over these last six months. That's right, six months on the road we've left. It's been a half a year traveling around the globe. Anything you guys can do, I really, really appreciate you guys so much. And like I said, we've hit the six month mark and I feel like now it's become, this has become like a very special journey. I feel very confident we're gonna make it all the way to Japan. And I feel like this is some bucket list shit. It's something that I'm gonna remember for years and years and years to come. And I feel very privileged that people are interested to join me for the journey. So thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. Thank you. But enough about me. Today, uh, we sat down with a real-life G.I. Joe, an army hero in Ukraine. Uh, this homeboy named Donnie. I met him at a hostel in Lviv. And Donnie's from the USA. He left the USA to go volunteer in the Ukraine army. Something that I find crazy, possibly stupid. I find this demographic like very interesting. These kinds of people that like left their home. I don't know why. Maybe they have stuff in their past they're running away from. Maybe they couldn't get in the U.S. Army. I don't know. I'm not speaking on their behalf, but it's just things that were churning in my mind. Like, why are these guys here? So I sat down with Donnie and asked him exactly that. So hope you guys enjoy the newest episode of Off the McBeaten Path. Cheers. So I guess we could start with... Your name? What's your name? Uh, Donnie. Donnie, sweet. Yeah. And you're from New York? Uh, from Boston area. Boston, okay. Yeah. Massachusetts. Why did you decide to come volunteer in Ukraine? So, um, where I where I grew up and where I'm from is like very rich in uh, Revolutionary War history, and uh, I've always been uh, interested in that, and and I felt connected to that, and I've always. Uh, a big freedom lover, right? So um, I didn't really get to participate in our war, war for freedom, and uh, I felt like it was a uh, it was a, a good cause, and uh, it was a time to be on like you know the right side of history. And uh, I'm getting a little older, so I felt like it was you know this was the uh, the way to go. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a good fight, so I figured you know I, I could probably got one one good fight left in me so uh freedom there's no, there's no uh, better cause than freedom you know had you volunteered before with the u.s army or did you have yeah. any prior 
actually, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Just my background in general. But. Yeah, that's all good. So, I mean, I imagine you were a bit afraid to come here, right? Uh, no, I've never really been afraid of uh, anything except for babushkas. <laughs> um, no, um, I kind of feel like your time's your time. So there's really nothing to fear in life. You're gonna either, you know, learn a lesson or you're gonna, you're gonna succeed, right? So either I learn a lesson and I, I move on from it and it's a good experience, even if it's a shitty experience. Mm. So like, what's the fear? Death? I mean, we're all gonna die, right? So yeah. At least die for something, you know? A lot of people are gonna die in a nursing home when they're 100 years old, you know? Right. I, I, might, di I might die five minutes from now. So you don't, you're just done giving a fuck. You're like... Yeah, I think like most people need to let go of their fears and just kind of do life. Skydive. Ask that girl out on a date. You know, whatever it is that, you know, you're, that's holding you back. I think that, uh, you know, you should just fuck, say fuck it and do it, right? I mean, all these people, like, they spend their whole lives punching a clock or staring at the walls... And they live in fear of what? They live in fear of going out. They live in fear of, uh, you know, whatever there is, is in their head. But in reality, like, it's not going to change anything. Your time's your time. Yeah. You know, so make make the best of it and just kind of, you know, rock the fuck out. So you came over here pretty early then. You, like, decided pretty quickly to... You uh, just said fuck it and just left. Yeah, so uh, in February when they rolled into Mariupol, uh, I was contacted by a, a brother of mine who had fought here previously 2014 and um, he's like hey they just rolled in Mariupol it's gonna get ugly yeah so I, I, I was like okay so I went down and uh, I filed I didn't have a passport so I filed for a passport the, the next day you never left the country before you came here uh, I never left uh, I never came like to Europe or anywhere that needed a passport so damn bro it's your first time overseas, and you're like fighting in a war. Yeah. Some people might call you crazy. <laughs> I think most people would. I mean, I think um, nobody in their right mind would kind of leave their comforts of their home or whatever it is and, and come to a country they've never been to and fight a world superpower. You know, that's that's pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say that's on the scale of normality. Yeah, because I know For at the beginning people. of the war, the narrative was like, people thought, I mean, myself included, we thought the war was going to be over in like a few weeks. Like, it didn't look good for Ukraine. I think Russia thought that as well, but the hearts of the Ukrainian people is like the most amazing thing I've witnessed here, is that uh, even with very little as far as uh, support, military infrastructure, military equipment, these fucking guys are holding on men and women but they're, they're holding on and they're fighting like they're the you know the third monkey getting on Noah's Ark like he's and they're we're doing we're doing well right I just imagine you like being at home at the beginning of the world like before the conflict started like the narrative in the media and everywhere at least in the US was like oh this doesn't look good for Ukraine blah 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 but you were like oh I want to step in to me that seems like a little suicidal you know what I mean I mean, now knowing what we know with all the aid and everything, it's it makes sense. But well, I mean, again, you know, yeah, maybe it's not. It wasn't a uh, 
you know, a wise life choice. But um, I, I think that I think that you know, history is on the side of freedom typically, and I felt like it was a war that Ukraine has to win. Um, Russia can pack up and go home whenever they want. Ukraine can't. Yeah. This is our home. And, you know, if there's no options. You know, it's win or win. Win or die, right? So maybe maybe it seems a little suicidal, uh, you know, in a, if you look at it in that perspective. But for me, it was just, you know, um, something that had to be done, right? It's like, yeah, like, like we know this is like, you know, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I've helped or not, but I know that uh, it's been a pretty awesome experience being here. Yeah. Jesus, this gypsy kid is like dying right now. They should die. <laughs> Jesus, you don't have to take that out. Okay. Um, have you felt like? Like your life has been in danger while you're over here? Well, I mean, that's that's sort of up to perspective as well. I mean, like, you know, danger and safety, in my opinion, are both myths. I mean, reality is finality, right? Like, when you're dead, you're dead. So, you know, my safety, I mean, sure, like, I could get a paper cut and die from an infection, right. you know? Or I, could I mean, have, or I could have a missile land on my head. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, have, have there been any kind of close calls where you're like, oh, shit, like, that could have been it, you know? My whole life has been close calls. So, you know, it's no different being here. And to be honest, you know, what people don't understand is that, like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, why did you go there to fight? There's a corrupt government or there's... There's this or that or all these, like, ideological things that, like, I don't really care about politics. And uh, I think, like, really what I came for is for freedom and for people, you know? And the people of Ukraine are, like, the finest people I've ever met mm. and some of the worst people I've ever met. I mean, it's like anywhere, but it's a very, uh, it's a hard life here. It's a, it's a different way of living than we, we live back home. And... Um, yeah, even compared to the EU, like Poland, it's very, much different from It's very there. different, yeah. You can feel it. Like, it's just a yeah. lot of poverty and desperate people. And it feels like the government's kind of, like, forgotten about their people. Infrastructure and... Well, I don't I don't know if it's that. I feel like it's... They're just not there yet, you know? And uh, they're working on it. They're, it's a beautiful people with beautiful culture, history, and uh, proud people. Yeah. and Beautiful uh, women, too. The most... But, um, yeah. but yeah, it, it's, I think it's a country that's not there yet, um, that it will be there. I think, um, you know, with this conflict, I think, uh, things will improve here after the conflict, in my opinion, and, uh, and my hopes. So you're confident Ukraine will win? There's no option. Ukraine, Ukraine will win because Ukraine has to win, you know? There's, there's no, uh, there's no going home with an L on this one. We're pushing, we're pushing hard right now. We're, we've been doing very well. We've been holding on, even if we just held on, with our fingernails. A country that barely had anything against the world superpower. Mm -hmm. That's right on its border. 
you know, Russia is not like uh, having to ship all their tanks and everything to like across the world. To fight. They're riding across their border, right? Right. So for us to be holding on this well and this long. Yeah, I guess it's like if the U.S. invaded Mexico, I guess that would be similar, like a big superpower invading. like. But, a, and, and imagine like Mexico like doing, doing well. That'd yeah. be so lit. Yeah, yeah I mean, imagine. <laughs> That'd be impressive. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I kind of, I kind of look at it like that, and um, I think as more aid comes in, as more weapons, as more you know training comes in, uh, the Ukrainian military gets better every day, and uh, the Russian military loses more gold, and they lose more uh, men manpower, blood, yeah. and um, you know, at some point they're gonna they're gonna get to a point where they can't lose anymore, or that it's, it outweighs. Yeah, you know, we were talking last night um, that now in Russia it's still a special operation; it's not all-out war. Do you? But then, if I think your friend was saying, I can't remember exactly. Maybe you could help me clarify. But that if it was all-out war, they'd be able to send a lot more men, and it could actually look really bad for for Ukraine. Uh, is that I, is there any truth to that? I I don't. To us, it's a full. This is a full war. This is a full-scale invasion. They're they're missling fucking civilian towns. They're you know this is a fucking this is a real war. Um, Russia can classify it or call it whatever they want for their political purposes, um, but they they've sent everything that they had, except for nukes. They've sent everything that they've had. Okay. And um, we've done a pretty good job at you know hold, holding them yeah. back. So. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And you're and you're in Lviv. You said you're like on vacation from. You were stationed somewhere east, and now you're just kind of chilling out in Lviv. Uh, typically, Lviv is a uh, more of a tourist uh, town. It's very beautiful, very European. Um, but a lot of soldiers come here to kind of escape, you know, the front or the war. Um, so uh, I kind of come here every couple of months, wash my clothes, take a shower, eat some good food, mm. kind of get my feet back under me. Yeah. Um, and you can just like go off for a few weeks the military doesn't really care you can just kind of you have freedom as a foreigner or how does that work um my particular situation um i'm i'm ofp which is i'm on my own fucking program and i kind of just do what i want i've always done what i want so yeah as long as uh i keeping you know i keep people informed of what i'm doing and so as foreigners, you have like more freedom, I guess, than Ukrainian contract well, soldiers. So with the martial law in place, Ukrainian men cannot cannot leave the country. They're not supposed to. But uh, yeah, we we could leave if we want. We could go if we want. I mean, remember, we're we're here to help out, and um, we're not slaves. And the Ukrainian government is not holding us at gunpoint like in Russia. Um, we we they want us to fight here. They want our help. Um, they want us to help train and help fight and use our experience to, to, you know, make them better as well. Yeah. And and they're they're great people. They've showed us nothing but kindness and respect, and uh, they've been very hospitable. Yeah. Considering. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of surprising to me that, you know, you said you're in the military, but like you're staying in a hostel. I, I just. Yeah. I don't know. Just, it just, I never thought that it could work like that. I mean, I could stay right there in that stoop if I wanted to, or yeah. it's really it's my choice. But uh, so you could just dis- you could just go back to the U.S. tomorrow if you wanted to. Yeah, if I want to. Yeah. 
could go to Poland and go home. When will you go back to the U.S.? Um, I'd like to stay here till the war's over. I'd like to uh, maybe stay longer. Um, I kind of feel like uh, more home here than I do back home. Why is that? I don't know. I think the U.S. is uh, it's a different way of living. I think here you kind of have to earn it a little more. Mm. Whereas in back home, a lot of people feel entitled to just... Yeah have everything handed to them you know and mm-hmm. you can't you can't be a you can't be a certain way anymore or it's like you know frowned upon to like society's changing man it's a uh, there's an old saying and it's like uh, strong men create good times good times create weak men it's a, mm-hmm. it's a cycle that repeats and I think we're in the stage now where our country is full of weak minded and weak people and Basically, because of that, we're in, we're in trouble politically, financially, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, eventually it's going to have to be cool to be a tough guy again and slap people in the face. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then we're just going to go down the tubes, you know? Yeah. And I guess you see yourself as a tough guy. No, not really. I just am a guy. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I believe that we're all the same. I just, I, I mean, like mind mind wise you know um, there's people that have like a an intent an internal fortitude or like a, a t- internal toughness it's not about like lifting weights but it's about like what you can go through and what you can stand as mm-hmm. a person right yeah I mean some people they get they get a little rain on them they're like oh I'm wet and they get an umbrella yeah. and everything and then some people are like in a downpour and they're just like you know figure it out pulling lobster traps all day and like having you know yeah even in like you mentioned that literally in Colombia like there's villages where it'll flood and then people will make like makeshift bridges they'll just put like milk cartons and like cardboard and like make they'll just make it work just find a way and make it work yeah and uh, I do agree I think in the US we're very very soft I think people have gotten spoiled with how good it is well that's you know you make it too good it's like when um, you spoil your children right you can either prepare them for the world or you can uh, protect them from it Right, mm-hmm. and protecting them from it doesn't help them grow. If you prepare them for it, teach them lessons, teach them how to do things for themselves. You know, yeah, they'll grow and they'll be productive people. Mm-hmm. They're not going to sit around with their hand out, right, waiting for somebody to fix it for them. You know, yeah. So, what was your what was your family's reaction when you told them you're coming over here in what February, early March? Yeah, in March. So I. I think my, my family and, and extended friends and stuff, I think uh, most people were not supportive of me coming here um, for obvious reasons. I mean, it's a war. But I think um, I have a, I have some real tight friends that were like, hey, bro, we got your back. And, uh, you know, just keep your head down. And I had a lot of friends that have uh, done this kind of thing before in other countries and other conflicts. And, you know, they, they gave me tips and pointers and, hey, do this, do that. You know, these are things you should keep in mind, you know, stuff like that. So I think uh, even even now, I think the overall um, consensus is, like, we're not happy you're there, but, you know, be safe, you know? Yeah. I mean, coincidentally, that's what people, that's what my friends and family have told me. Yeah. Like, I told them I'm just coming here for tourism to make videos, documentaries, and they gave me the same speech. They're like... They actually thought I was going to die over here. Yeah. But, I well, mean, 
it's totally fine on the Vive, you know. Which it, it is totally fine, but you know, the way I look at things is that you could die anywhere. You could die back home. Hey, with especially the way things are going, dude, I went home a few weeks ago and there was like a shooting in my mall, like literally five minutes from my house. There was a shooting, a stabbing, like. And that's and that's a thing, like, you know, safety is a myth. Danger is a myth. It's how you handle things. Are you prepared for danger? If you're prepared for danger, things are a lot less dangerous. Yeah. Right. I agree. And if if uh, you know if you're too safe, yeah, maybe maybe you'll live forever, but you probably won't. It'd be boring as shit. Too. You probably won't. <laughs> you know. So so like yeah. you know skydive right? Do 100 miles an hour on your motorcycle. You know. <laughs> Kiss that girl. Like do the things that are gonna make those memories and make your your name live on, right? Because really all that matters after I mean we don't matter like we're just specks of dust in the wind right like mm. the sun but if somebody remembers you you live on forever mm-hmm. if you teach somebody something that saves their life or if you do something crazy that historical whatever it is right yeah so you feel like this is your moment then being over here and volunteering uh, I feel like I've I've had a lot of those moments in my life so uh, I'm content with you know, whatever my outcome is here, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, I make it through the war and I, I go home or I find a whatever it is, like, or if it's I, I walk down the street and get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty content with how my life has been, and uh, I don't have any regrets about anything. Cool. I like it here. Yeah. I imagine the, the Ukrainian people must love you, man. Like, you've come over here and they're, you're helping their country, and you, know, you probably get a lot of attention, don't you? It's really weird because uh, I've been treated like Elvis by Ukrainian people, and uh, I've been treated like Putin. <laughs> so it really depends. Um, I think out east a lot, a lot of the people they hear that we're American or we're Canadian or we're, you know, from other, you know, Western countries, and they're like, "What? You know, wow, thank you," you know. Yeah. And it's it's a really cool feeling, like to you know be treated like the Beatles, right? Like, holy shit, like, that's, you know, you guys are cool. But, um, you know, I've, I've had some people here that didn't, didn't you know, that told us straight up, we don't want you here, we don't, we don't need your help. It's, it's a double-edged sword, but I think more, more, more likely than not, we're treated very well by the Ukrainian people. I think, you know, most of the aid workers, not just military volunteers, but uh, aid volunteers, there's a lot of um, medical you know, doctors and right. you know, medics and stuff like that. A lot of people driving supplies, people handing out food. I mean, you know, whether whether you believe in this country or not, or believe in its politics or these imaginary lines that all these people want to argue about, um, it doesn't really matter because like these people are like amazing people and they need help. Yeah, you know? for sure. and, and and like you know, whether it's you know, cooking food or fixing a car or you know fighting on the front line like you know we're all doing something we all got off our couches and we came here right you mm-hmm. know even you know what we're doing now like it's getting the word out right yeah so you know in some in some way it's all helping and um, it's about helping people and there's good people everywhere but there's definitely a lot of beautiful good people in Ukraine yeah for sure I agree yeah some of the nicest people I've met in Europe are in yeah. Ukraine it's been an eye-opener for me because I feel like in America everybody's just fucking like entitled and just kind of 
Well, everyone's at each other's throats too. There's so many enemies. About everything. Like, like we could, you could say, look up and say the sky's blue because it's kind of blue, right? And I could say, no, man, it's gray because there's clouds, right? Mm. And we, and we want to kill each other over that. Like it's a not, it's it's not an issue that we can agree on and just be friends. Yeah, it's like there's no room for compromise in the U.S. Well, like you, we don't have to agree on anything, but we could still be friends. Yeah. And that's what I tell people back home. I'm like, we don't have like you know. All this like left and right shit. People are like, oh, you're left or you're right. I go, bro, I'm an American. I don't have to be either one. If there's a good idea, then let's do it. If something makes sense, let's do it. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't have to fucking be so polarized. And I find that people here, they don't have that. Well, they have bigger problems, don't they? Of course. Like, I feel like they've kind of rallied around a common cause and they've. I mean, it's like the U.S. after 9-11. But it's like, like, people, yeah. like, actually came together and, you know. Trust me, ask me how I know. How do you know? I was in New York City on 9-11. No shit. Yeah. I watched that shit firsthand. Did you really? Yeah. What were you doing that day? Uh, I was on my way to work. In Manhattan? No, I worked in uh, in Queens on, uh, right across the bridge, the 59th Street Bridge. Mm. Yeah, I remember, like, seeing it, watching the buildings crumble in the dust from where we were at because you can see the skyline from Jesus man yeah but think it think that's the end of the world you know but everybody rallied together and it was a it was a great bad time but it was a great time to see people kind of step up and pitch in right yeah and it was kind of like our downfall like after that like everybody just started fucking hating each other so much and it's like so bad now but I feel like here people are so patriotic and they're just so uh, they're just so proud Ukrainian people are very proud and like 100% just amazing like uh, I mean honestly like I couldn't have told you you know six months ago eight months ago I couldn't have told you like I gave I uh, fucking even knew a Ukrainian mm-hmm. you know or anything you'll like, never forget now no this place is pretty dope yeah yeah so what do you do like to pass the time here like you're on vacation uh, pretty much you know uh, laundry's huge Finding a place to wash your uniforms, especially if you've been in the field. Uh, uniforms get really dirty. Um, food. Uh, the food is very different. Uh, military food as opposed to, like, eating at a, you know, nice cafe like, like Dolce Vita. Um, you know, kind of socializing with people that aren't in your circle. Now, the guys in my unit or the guys in my circle are like, I love, you know, I love fucking as much as family. Mm-hmm. Maybe more, right? But uh, when you spend a lot of time with them, sometimes you need a break, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to talk to different people, different perspectives, guys that aren't, you know, so focused on their job. Yeah. Um, it's it's good for your mental, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of decompress, I guess. Yeah, it's good you have that option to just, like, fuck off for a few weeks and, like, do your own thing and then go back when you're ready. Yeah, I mean... It's like you, freelance, I guess, military duty. Well, in a, in a way it is, but I mean, also it's, it, there's a, there's a structure around it, you know, but you know, it's, it's like, um, it's not just like I can come and go, but I mean, really I could come and go. I mean, we're kind of the masters of our own destiny, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, if I decided like, this isn't for me anymore and I want to go home. Like, and a lot of guys do. I've seen a lot of guys go out to the front and they're like, this shit ain't for me. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. I don't care. I don't judge people by that, you know? Yeah, especially if you don't have experience. I mean, I know... It doesn't like, make you less of a man to, like, not want to get shot at. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, well, especially those volunteers, because I mean, just I've just seen on the news like a good amount of them don't have like combat, like frontline experience, so that well, yeah. a lot of a lot of you know uh, veterans, American veterans, military veterans don't have combat experience. I mean, and and the combat sometimes the combat experience they have is is not like here. This is trench warfare, like against the super, world superpower. I don't remember America fighting a world superpower in the last. You know, and trench warfare. Like a lot of times, these guys are on bases. They're on. They have armored vehicles. They have helicopters. They have support. Um, here, there's none of that. You know, so on the Ukrainian side, you mean? On the Ukrainian side. So it's very, it's very different. It's a different animal, right? And I've seen guys with no combat experience, fucking like, kick so much ass. <clears throat> and I've seen guys with tons of combat experience cut tail and run. Mm. So, you know, to me, combat experience doesn't matter. It's like who you are. Mm. Like, you know, I, I, I call, I, you know, I say gangster for lack of a better term, but the, I'd rather roll in with 10 gangsters than, you know, 100, you know, veterans that didn't really have their heart in it. I'd rather roll yeah. in, you know. And I mean, by gangster, I mean like, you know, gang bangers. I mean like guys that just will get the job done and, don't right. gi- don't give a fuck, you know. Guys that are just about what they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So we call it doing gangster shit. But uh, yeah, you know, I I'd much rather have ten guys that were like G's than yeah a hundred guys that were wishy washy, you know. Or yeah, dude, I didn't know it was trench warfare. That's like some World War One shit, bro. Yeah, it's, it's fucking like brutal. Bad. No, it's it's bad. Yeah, there's a lot of. You can look up. There's a lot of like videos too, like show actual like guys moving from trench to trench, like shooting each other at close range. It's it's fucked, you know. There's a lot of uh, a lot of it's just guys sitting in trenches getting shelled and getting rad rockets and it's brutal, dude. There's there's no point. There's no point of it in my in, in my opinion, but that's why I'm not a commander. Well, I'm not Ukrainian either, but... So you said you wanted to... Um, we'll finish up here in a second. But you said you wanted to um, share a story about some guy that was in the military. You still want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I can... I'll just go... If you yeah. want, I'll just go on the story and you can... Go for it, yeah. Add it or not. So, uh, so I'm in my room one day and I hear a loud commotion. And I come out of my room here at the hostel and... Uh, one of the receptionists is getting yelled at by this old guy, and he's American. And she asked me if I could help him with his bags because the elevator was broken. So he told me that he was in the military and that he has part of a 120-man unit that's coming in. And so I asked him if he was uh, if he was in the military, why couldn't he carry his bags up to his room two floors? And, uh, was he asking the receptionist to do it for him? He wasn't asking. He was yelling at her to do it. Basically telling her that he couldn't do it and this and that. And this guy was probably in his 50s, say mid, mid-50s mid or so. Right. So then later on... Am- American guy or...? Yeah, he's American. Supposedly he's from Florida, but... Okay. So he... Um, we get him upstairs to the lounge, the fourth floor lounge. has like a an open area where you can hang out. And I'd say there's probably like seven or eight guys from um, 
the International Legion that had just rotated back off of uh, mm -hmm. off of uh, one of their deployments. And there was a couple Legion guys and you know a couple guys from different units and stuff. And this guy's upstairs telling everybody that he's part of this unit, this and that. And he's in the army. And I asked him what his MOS was, which is military his military job. And he didn't know what it was. He didn't know what MOS was. So, okay, he's kind of old. Maybe it's a different terminology or something. So we asked him where he went to boot camp, where he went to basic training, and he didn't know. Which, that's something you'd never forget if he did it. <laughs> and uh, then he said he was based out of Hawaii. And I asked him if it was a fort or a camp or what was the name of the base, and he didn't know. So I'm like, bro, you're not in the military. So then he said he was a police officer. And uh, I, I was previously in law enforcement briefly and uh, it was close to where he said he was so I said oh wow like let me see your retired law enforcement card and he didn't know what it was or didn't have one so I said you weren't a police officer and come to find out he was getting funding go funding go fund me from back home telling people he was here fighting Russians and he was in this military unit and he was this and he was that and people were giving him money to stay here to like Take pictures with girls and stuff. What the fuck? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, the next day we were, he kind of got surrounded by all the other guys and they, they kind of gave him an ultimatum. They kind of told him like it was time for him to get out of town or, uh, you know, probably get, probably get smacked around a little bit. Yeah. He was nervous and shaking and all this and, uh, <laughs> he, he, he cleared his stuff out of the hostel and he left, but. I guess he didn't really leave because like a week later a friend of mine took a picture with him in the square so he was still around hmm. I didn't see him I would have loved to have run into him though yeah why I would have made sure he went home yeah this guy's it listen I don't I don't really believe that uh, you can come here for whatever reasons your reasons are and that's okay but if you're coming here just to be a fucking piece of shit and to be honest a lot of the Americans that have come here have been uh, below the level of expected. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think like of aptitude. It. Like, well, it's not even aptitude. They're just like they come and they. It's like they're on vacation. Like my re my resolve is to win the war, right? And stay here as long as it. These guys are like, oh, I'm going to be here for two weeks or two months or whatever, and and all they want to do is drink and fight and fuck and snort everything in sight mm. and look like complete assholes and they make us look like assholes right in fact there's a liquor store around the corner that won't sell us liquor because we're Americans think of how bad it had to be for that to happen that's embarrassing dude that's really embarrassing and that, that was months ago that's not now but that was months ago and I'm like holy fuck I find like uh, there's less westerners coming here than there were at the beginning to volunteer, you mean? To volunteer, yeah. So it's kind of weeding its way. It's you know, it's weeding itself out. But at the beginning, it was really fucking bad. So it's just guys that come here to party and just have a good time. Well, maybe they come here originally to fight or whatever it is, but then they realize that like it's not what they think it's going to be. It's not their fantasy, their rock and roll fantasy. And then they end up just becoming complete dicks. You know, they get bored. They start drinking, they start fighting. You know, I tell guys, you know, what's your resolve? Like, what's your, your goal here? 
God's like, oh, you know, I'm here for two months. And I got to get back to my job. I'm like, well, then you should just go home now. Not that you're not going to help, but like, unless your resolve is to like stay here and be part of this fucking culture and be part of this country and fight for this country and make it part of you, what the fuck are you doing here? So that's why you you kicked out your friend your friend from the hostel because you didn't think he was taking it seriously enough. Well, I just felt like, uh, you know. He's laughing at this. He's laughing at all of us. He's laughing at all these Ukrainian people. He's laughing at all these people walking out on the streets that have to like live in fear of a missile strike or, you know. What do you mean he's laughing at them? He's it's it's a joke. He's not taking it seriously. It's uh, you know. Mm, Okay. It's 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 to him. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm over here doing all this cool stuff, and it's like, you're not doing anything, And, and these people are living it. Yeah. You know? Like, these people have to, like, live in fear of a missile strike. These people have to live in fear of their con- losing their country, losing their freedom. The people out east, the women and, and children are getting killed and raped. Right? And and he's out here, like, 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 it's a joke. Like, laughing at these people, like... Right, he's doing it, like, for the glory and, like, for the attention. For, and yeah. Just and to I mean, fuck around and have fun. The fact that he had to go fund me is pretty fucked up, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't really care. Do what you want to do, but like, don't come out here and like laugh at these people. It's yeah. not cool. I guess it's kind of making the whole system look bad because well, number one, the Ukrainian government's like accepting him, and number two, well, know, the, the government's bad. not accepting him. Nobody's accepting him. But the thing is, is that, uh, like, we didn't even accept him, you know. But he's lying to people back home, right? Yeah. There's yeah. guys out here actually doing stuff that that need donations. I mean, there's there's guys that need socks on the front line, like dry socks. And this guy's out here drinking every night, smoking and fucking acting like a retard, right? Mm. And, you know, take that $2,000 that was donated to you, go out to the front and buy these guys 100 pairs of socks. Mm-hmm. Rent a fucking car and drive them out to the front. You want to help? Bro, that's helping. Yeah. Dude, you know what? Go go buy like 10 loaves of bread and some fucking meat and some cheese. And make a bunch of sandwiches and wrap them up and drive them out to the fucking guys in the front that have been eating kasha and pigeon three times a day. Jesus. You want to help? Fucking, there's plenty of ways to help. Yeah. And there's plenty of noble things you can do and there's plenty of great things you can do. And you don't have to be a frontline guy. I'm not a frontline guy. I, I don't do that shit. Yeah. You know? I won't do it. Well, there's all kinds of need. I mean, even when I was in Poland, just helping people off the train with their bags, simple, simple stuff. Yeah. And it's not simple. As Americans, we think it's simple, right? Because it's like, oh, sh- but when you help some old woman that's been traveling for 30 hours to get to where you're at, and she has her, all her worldly possessions, and she's been carrying them by herself, mm. and you grab that bag and take out a load off her back for like five seconds or five minutes or whatever it is, you're doing the greatest thing in the world, but to you, it's just grabbing a bag. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess you're right. But really, you just took all the weight off her shoulders that she's had for the last 30 hours, yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. True, true. Yeah. Well, there's a lot There's a lot to be done, but I'm glad, you know, you're over here doing what you can. It's pretty cool, man. It's, it's pretty amazing to be here, and, uh, you know, it's pretty... Uh, it's a, 
it's a good it's a good place to, to be if you want to like do some good yeah you know cool man well thanks for sitting down dude yeah no I appreciate problem. it dog yeah. well, good luck with everything I hope it comes out good thanks bro <laughs> yeah Slava.